Meet me at the bar is a saying that Long Beach strength and conditioning is taking to a different level. With building community through weightlifting, as well as gatherings in the local West End, they have created a balance. Welcome back to another episode of Long Beach Locals, the only podcast in Long Beach that highlights local businesses and the people behind them. When you enjoy this episode, please like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. This podcast is brought to you by Active Life. I'm your host, Justin Mosley, and today we welcome back owner of Long Beach Strength and Conditioning to dive deeper into their client journey and overall experience, Andy Putman. Andy, thank you for joining us Dude, today. I feel so inadequate right now because you got you got great like radio voice. <laughs> you got Long Beach Strength and Conditioning. I just had to turn right. it on just to flip the switch. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank I appreciate you being here. I, I love the... Uh, I love the bar reference. Right. Works on I was thinking about that for a little bit. That was good. That was good. Yeah. So can you walk us through what the client journey looks like at Longview Strength and Conditioning? Sure can. Uh, from what point? Let's start from the, even before they walk in, figuring out more of the business via website, Instagram, sure. all the intention. Most of our clients we meet on Instagram and Facebook. And we like to right at that point, just start getting to know them seeing what their goals are, what their struggles are, if there is an opportunity that we would be able to help. If we feel like, and they feel like that's the case, then we'll schedule a time, just chat with them on the phone. That's usually with me. And we get to know them even more. Again, even deeper into goals, struggles, and if, if we would be a good fit to help. If we feel like at that point that it's a good fit, then we invite them in to come have a conversation in person. Again, usually with me. And that's where we're really deep diving into into all those things where then I can make a recommendation and I can say, based on everything you're telling me, I think this is what we need and this is what we need to do and this is how long it's going to take. And then if it's a good fit, great. And if not, it's not always a good fit. That's also fine too. We actually get to meet a lot of really cool people. Some of them, you know, our, our organizations get to work together. For sure. Which is cool. At that point, what we'll do, let's assume it's a good fit and we're going to work together. We will you know, send them all of the onboarding stuff and schedule a time for an orientation. Orientation is where we really dive into all of their current habits and just kind of where they're starting uh, on their journey. So we can really customize the experience, get them paired up with their coach, get them set up with all of our technology and schedule their initial one-on-one -on -one personal training sessions, which is where all clients start with one-on-one -on -one personal training sessions so that they can get more comfortable in the program, they can get to know the coaches better, they can get some attention, just them and a the coach, get all mm -hmm. their specific questions answered, and we can really figure out how to customize the experience that they need from a fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle standpoint so that it matches what they're trying to accomplish in their preferences. So what would qualify or disqualify somebody from being a good fit? So we primarily are working with people who are trying to make changes to their body and develop long-term sustainable health and fitness habits. So, you know, I say, I kind of half-jokingly will say, like, you know, this is not the place. I just want to make sure you weren't looking for, like, a juice cleanse, detox-type situation. Uh, because more than just helping people get the results, what we've seen over time is you know, lots of people can get a result, but can you develop sustainable habits, make it last long-term? Right. That's really where our coaches feel most fulfilled and with the work that they love to do, not just helping people make a change, but helping people really change their life through the development of sustainable habits. So what would disqualify someone is, one, if they were looking for a juice cleanse. <laughs> uh, no, like trying to get it off diet. fast, doing it as quick as possible. I think most of the people we meet have done enough of those things where they realize, like, yeah, I, you know, I've tried a bunch of that stuff. 
I realize that's not going to work for me long term. Mm-hmm. So most of the people we meet have kind of gone through a few cycles, but that would disqualify somebody. We also are really not set up to work with people who have had or are dealing with really bad injuries or pain syndromes or you know things like that. That's usually where we partner with Active Life. That's what you guys do really well. So usually those people will refer over to have a chat with Cody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cool to see when that works out. You know, he kind of keeps me in the loop. But uh, no, if you're if you're otherwise healthy, I'm not really dealing with any you know serious pain injury type things, and you're just trying to build a healthy lifestyle, and make make healthy changes to your body, then you know, we can definitely help you figure that out. I think it's impressive too to be able to tell somebody like you're not going to be a good fit here, not because we don't think we can help you. It's just, you're probably not going to enjoy this. They won't enjoy it. And the coaches don't enjoy it either, which is something I figured out early on when, you know, I was just kind of letting all comers. (laughs) It's like coaches, if you put a coach in a situation where they can't really succeed because they don't have the the right experience and, and the right knowledge base for the mm-hmm. problems that they're dealing with, they start to feel like they're not an effective coach. And that starts mm-hmm. to ding at their confidence. And then that, that affects all Everything. the work that they do. Right. Yeah. That's not good for anybody. It's not good for the clients. It's not good for the coaches. It's not good for the community. So yeah, no, I think it's important to understand who you're, who you're working with and make sure you have the right experience and the right uh, knowledge to help that person. And you know, there's a lot of great, programs out there and it's not hard to find people with the requisite skill sets mm-hmm. uh, when you do come across someone who might not be the best fit how how do you consciously protect your culture and environment that you've created in that community yeah i like uh, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> well if you just think about the process i just outlined mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of steps people have to go through just to get in the door to have an in-person conversation and mm-hmm. then that conversation is 30 45 minutes and uh, I am really, for 90% of it, just asking questions. So I'm really getting a chance to get to know this person. Right. And, and who they are and what their goals are and what they've struggled with. And, y- you know, you do something enough times and you get good at it. So, we, you know, we've gotten pretty good at getting a sense for, you know, if this person is likely to succeed and likely to fit in here in this community mm-hmm. and, and in this culture. And yeah. if not, then we just either refer elsewhere or tell them, you know, this is not going to be a good fit i don't mind doing that stuff i don't mm-hmm. mind like well it's, i think it's so. i think it's good though i think yeah. it, it helps out the business a lot because it builds more credibility to your end of saying and being honest to them of you really aren't going to enjoy this this isn't going to be a good fit and giving more reasons to the why instead of just being like nah we don't want you or we're not going to enjoy you <laughs> right yeah, vice versa right. yeah it could be <laughs> attacking your culture and yeah, your energy and your coach's culture and energy at the same time yeah. It's a lot, and especially the way you want to protect the culture. You guys are in the middle of the West End, and uh, what does your demographic look like? It looks like the West End looks. I mean, it's, I would say 75% of our clients are women, mm-hmm. uh, you know, late 20s to no 30s, uh, trying to make healthy changes to their body and develop sustainable habits. Yeah, and especially being then a woman-dominant community you want to make sure that they feel it's a safe space it's protect they feel protected and it's especially entering like the gym environment in general that's another thing i I would say the overwhelmingly vast majority of the people we work with men or women are brand new to the gym or very new Mm -hmm. to the gym and uh, you've been in our facility like although it's not at all it can appear like it's kind of an intimidating place when you first walk in it with no context right. uh, and you don't know anybody. So it, that even, it's even more important in my opinion that 
you know, everyone you meet every step of the way is welcoming and friendly and inclusive and encouraging and supportive. We actually have in the orientation, I can't remember where I got this from. I didn't come up with this though. So I, I wish I could credit, but <laughs> I'll give it to uh, you. It wasn't, my, it wasn't <laughs> my, I, I took it from somebody else, but we have the clients actually sign. I have a, a sheet on the top. It says expectations. And then there's like five or six things. It's like, I will do the best of which I'm capable at all times. I will show up for every workout that I'm scheduled for, for the next however long we signed up for. I will follow the nutrition plan exactly as it's laid out. If I need additional guidance, I will ask for it. And I will be supportive and encouraging of everyone I meet as they will be of me at all times with no exceptions. And then, you know, on the bottom it says, if I am not willing or not able to adhere to these standards over the next, let's say, 12 weeks that we've signed up for, then I will not be invited to join as a as a member here wow, uh, in Long Beach Training and Conditioning. And I make them initial every single part of it and I make them sign it and I keep it in my little, in my little file folder. So just kind of really setting that tone and that, you know, that standard up front of how we expect people are going to act as part of this community and then really holding, holding people through that. It, it's cool because then it creates this environment of people who are, are working hard who are supporting and encouraging each other. And that's not just nice when it happens, but everybody knows like that's the expectation. Right. That y you are both going to be supported and encouraged, and you will also contribute to that. Uh, because in 12 weeks, when you have more experience, you're going to remember what it was like to be there on day one and being super nervous and feeling mm -hmm. a little intimidated and unsure, whatever. You and then welcoming the next group of people coming 100%. in. Yeah. And we kind of set that tone and not in a, not in a accidental way. And, uh, you know, the coaches obviously play huge. You've met, you know, I got a great group of coaches who are very friendly and encouraging and mm -hmm. supportive and really kind of like they lead by example, but they're also real people. For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean, like they don't just, they don't live like crazy people. Like they're real balanced. They live balanced lifestyles themselves. So, you know, nobody's advising anyone to do anything that is crazy. So. Yeah. And I think that's another thing to applaud on is the staff that you guys have, all yeah, the coaches exactly. and everybody in there, everybody's honestly just good wholesome yeah, people good. Yeah, we're very fortunate everybody has a back very lucky I'm gonna, <laughs> people i've gotten the opportunity to be surrounded with for sure so. yeah i mean it, it's cooler too to see and for the clients to be able to relate with the coaches of saying like i'm not doing all the things at the same time too because i'm a normal person i'm a real person i make mistakes i have to 100%. pick up where i left off sometimes and sometimes it gets a lot harder sometimes this is hard to be so consistent, but for them to have another person like that in their corner lets their clients know too of, no, this is okay for me to enjoy myself a little bit. 100%. I know who I can reach out to. I have a, a network of people now that I can talk to. And then you also have now a whole community of people you can talk to. Yeah, absolutely. That's very well said. And I think what's also cool is that because the coaches are relatable people, when they do things that are, you know, a exceptional when they do things that are above and beyond in their own personal fitness journeys it makes it seem achievable it makes it seem relatable to people who are just getting started because like well this isn't you know this i see this coach doing this incredible thing lifting mm -hmm. this incredible amount of weight or whatever but they're kind of just like me like they're not right they're not like a crazy person they don't only eat quinoa and grilled <laughs> chicken out of a tupperware <laughs> container like they i see them out on the weekends i see them living a more normal life but then at the same time they're able to do these incredible things so i think it makes it makes kind of things seem achievable to our to our clients which is i think really cool yeah i think also the variety and backgrounds of where all your coaches have come from it's all different no yeah, one's come from different. the same thing no one's been 
through uh, everybody's been through a different ringer everybody's been through a different set of problems skill sets has a different skill set some come from dancing backgrounds some come from a powerlifting background yeah. basketball like some people are just just picked up weightlifting and it was now the thing that they're doing they're competing in powerlifting yeah, competitions yeah, cool. would have never it's even thought cool. of that breaking state records that's, yeah. that's it's what cool. makes it seem achievable uh, a lot of these things you know uh, they are achievable for for most people they might seem crazy on day one, like I could never do something like that. But uh, for most people, you just could be consistent. If you could just stick to something for a longer time horizon than nowadays, people are probably <laughs> comfortable. But mm -hmm. if you can think in terms of years rather than weeks and months, right? Uh, we see people accomplish. We see people who can't even can't even uh, put a 15 pound bar on their back and sit down on a box that's this high and mm -hmm. stand back up five times without being brutally sore <laughs> for yeah. a week. Right. And, but it, you know, a year and a half later are, are doing just unbelievable things, but they had to be consistent for a year and a half. And right. I think that is not always easy, but when people can figure that out and get into that rhythm, we, yeah, we get to see people accomplish some really cool things. Yeah. I think you answered my next question anyway of what do you believe the service does for your members, both physically and mentally. And it sounds yeah, like that's an interesting, just, breaking glass ceilings it's an interesting question because i don't think i don't think you like i was thinking my grandmother was she lived to like 93 or 94 years old and she was like completely independent to the last week of her life so like shoveling snow out of her own driveway mowing her own lawn lived in her house with my grandfather completely independent 93 years old till like last week she never set foot in a gym a day in her life Mm -hmm. She didn't have any special nutrition strategies. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. she, she, but so it, I don't think necessarily that people need to learn how to squat or deadlift or to live a happy, healthy life. But I do think there are some benefits to it that can be hard to explain. But when you experience them, as you know, mm -hmm. what it can do to your self-confidence, to your kind of energy, to your just attitude about life, to just do this thing that is hard on a regular basis even when you don't feel like it over a long period of time it we see it i mean i know for me personally and maybe you can echo this but like it changes something in you as a person that is it definitely applies to other areas of your life it makes you a stronger person not just like that you can deadlift a certain amount of weight but it makes you an actual stronger person like in your life in, is who you are internally and from a mindset standpoint um, that's, I don't want to speak for the coaches, but if they were here, I imagine they would say that's the most rewarding part mm -hmm. to see people go through that kind of change. Uh, we see people who come in and they're so nervous, they're shaking. <laughs> and I'm not joking, Peter. <laughs> I uh, they, their yeah. hands are shaking and, and they can't have a conversation with another person without their face getting red. You know, they're so like kind of very, you know, kind of just timid. Yeah. No, people, you know? Yeah. Different. And I don't, and then 12 weeks later, especially with the female clients, like you see their, the outfits they wear to the gym, you know, they're like, everything's not so baggy anymore. And they kind of walk into a little, <laughs> like a strut. They feel yeah. confident, a little bit more confident now that they're in a community in a safe space of yeah. like, I can be myself. I can express myself in a different way. It's cool to see that. Exactly. It's really cool to see that. And I've, I've kind of, I've been in this industry for getting old, <laughs> 16 years, 17 years. So like I've, I've participated in a lot of different modalities. And I think anything that someone enjoys is going to stick to, like I'm for that. Like people need to pick something they like and stick to. I don't think any of them are bad, but there's something unique about the kind of stuff that 
you know, getting stronger in strength training mm-hmm. that I, I don't always see applying to some other ones. Like they all have their own benefits on strength training. doesn't have all of the benefits as other ways of doing it, but uh, there are some unique things with strength training. I think that are really cool. And a lot of it has to do with that, that self-confidence um, mm. in oneself. And that's a really, it's a, that's a cool transformation to see people go through. Yeah. I, I like to see it as um, filling up your bucket. You have a bucket and you have a dropper. Every day you do the thing, it's one extra drop yeah, in the bucket. Little, yeah. It's a big ass bucket that it's, it's gonna take. Yeah, it's gonna take some time to fill, yeah. but over time, it's just one drop at a time. And if you don't put a drop in, your bucket isn't getting any fuller. Yeah. So just one day at a time. Every drop you can put in is another day of moving the needle, staying on the line, at filling the bucket, yeah, and then that's a, I love that. Yeah, before you know it, <laughs> yeah, all yours. <laughs> that's good. I think yeah. it's exactly right. It does take, and it takes time to fill the bucket, like you said. <laughs> the people who you know can see that through. Uh, it's it's really cool for sure it's cool to see those changes happen to people and i I know the coaches would probably echo that if they were Mm -hmm. here right now it's been over a year since you guys remodeled switched a lot around i think it was april of last year yeah april 2021 is when we switched to the semi okay so yeah we're two years over now no no, i'm sorry what year are we in 2023 yeah april 2022 (laughs) is when we switched the model okay yeah so over a year now what have you learned about yourself as a business owner and a leader since that (laughs) <laughs> oh man I learned that I have to learn so many things that f- can I swear I'm sorry I was just you're good you're good <laughs> I had to learn so, I seem to have to learn so many things the hard way what have I learned about myself as a business owner and a leader a lot <laughs> you know I, I a mentor told me early on that successful people, wealthy people, whatever, uh, don't spend money, they invest money. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, when you start off and you're not very successful, or when I started off and I'm not very successful, it's not like I have money to invest in like real estate or the stock market, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? His recommendation was that you just, you invest in yourself until you have enough to invest in bigger things. And I really, something about that really, like I've always been a kind of a personal development growth mindset kind of person. So I, I put a tremendous amount of time and effort and energy and money into development. Uh, so I feel like I'm always confronting my inadequacies <laughs> like on, <laughs> on a very, very regular basis. You know, we say one of our core values is having a growth mindset. And the kind of line that goes along with it is if, if you're looking back at the you from six weeks ago and you don't think that that guy or gal was a fucking idiot, then you are not learning things fast enough mm-hmm. and we need to step it up. <laughs> so I think when you live in that kind of, you know, you ask that question and it's like, uh, the leadership thing is an easier question to answer than the, the business owner thing. Uh, so much has happened in the business side, but I, I can say from a leadership side, I feel like I'm more patient have a longer uh, time horizon that mm-hmm. I look at it, which is funny because especially when we were making the transition, we're preaching sustainability and long-term things, but like I'm trying to get everything done as fast as possible right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, like in 14 <laughs> hours a day, like in a completely unsustainable way. Uh, I, I think I'm, I have a longer, it's more internalized now that like doing things that are really good is going to take a a stretch of time. Mm-hmm. And I also can't expect that 
everyone around me is going to operate all the time at the same level that me as the owner is going to operate at. So I'm much less like frustrated. I'm much more patient. Mm-hmm. Much more like even in my day to day approach. And I think that now that we've been through, I've done this for a few years and we've even been through now like a full year cycle. I've now we have a little bit more perspective on like, okay, like I see what we can control and what we can't. I see that like in the summertime in Long Beach, people tend to deprioritize. (laughs) (laughs) And that doesn't mean that like we're dropping the ball, not that we can't get better and are striving to get better, but there are just some things, there are some swings in this industry that happen Mm -hmm. that are a little outside of our control. And rather than making everyone's life miserable, (laughs) 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 they're blaming, you know, because extreme ownership is another one of the core values. Mm -hmm. And I've had to learn how to integrate that into my life and into the business in a healthier way. Because I, I, what I learned, here's one, that that can become a little bit pathological, like a little bit counterproductive, maybe a better word. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you get, when you're confronted with things like, let's say the seasonality of the fitness industry, we want to take ownership in the sense that like, we want to keep what we do for people to keep getting better and better and better. And the service we provide to keep becoming more valuable and solving more and more of our clients' problems. And we never want to stop that journey. At the same time, I'm not going to be able to do anything about the fact that from June to August, people go on vacation more. From June to August, people want to be outside more. They want to be with their friends more. They're not very likely to sign up for something. They're not as likely to sign up for something like this right. when it's in the middle of July and it's beautiful out. Like, I can't. <laughs> There's only so much we can work with in the parameters that we're in. So right. I would say that it's kind of becoming a little more, more equanimity, a mm-hmm. little m- more patient, a little more longer term, seeing bigger cycles rather than just month to month to month to month. Just really trying to make it as sustainable as possible and staying on the line as close as yeah. you possibly can be. Yeah. yeah, and understanding that, like thinking in terms of so like we try to do with the clients, like thinking in terms of years and not in terms of like months or quarters. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the more effective I've become, it's like I've the, you know, week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter. Now it's year to year. Like the more effective I become, I, the stretch of like the chunks of time that I think in expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely something that's changed within this last year. Since uh, having gone through an entire year cycle of this, of this business and seeing the, the up, the kind of swing of it. Mm-hmm. Is is made me realize that like if we have goals that we're trying to hit, I need to put the appropriate time frame around them and understand the seasonality of, of our mm-hmm. industry. So yeah, like if it hits, it, that's great. If it doesn't hit, what what can we do better? Yeah, what can we do better? But what do we have no control over? Right, control the controllables. Uh, There's yeah. only so many variables that can be in your hands. Where before, like I was trying to control everything. And then when I wasn't able to, because we had this extreme ownership kind of value, I was really hard on myself, mm-hmm. which then, you know, inadvertently bleeds to the people around me. Uh, right. you know, I don't want it to, like I can't, you know, so that, I would say that is, mm-hmm. you know, a big change I've noticed in myself. I hope that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I'm seeing myself. We'll, we'll <laughs> like bring it up to the, the coaches. Yeah, I'll say, we'll <laughs> ask the coaches later. We'll talk to them later. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's, that's true. That, that's true from my perspective. I like it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. As, as much as I get to see you and talk to you about it and diving deeper into these conversations about business, the, the growth behind your guys' business and along across the board with all the coaches as well has just been that patience, understanding what we're bringing to people, the value of it, and then letting just trusting the process of it. You know, yeah. like which is another thing that's a good point. Like 
now that we've been through a few years, uh, the coaches have this confidence, like, the program is very good. I mean, if, if you sign up, if you're the right person and you get a spot in our program and you even can follow it 75%, you're going to get in the best shape of your entire life. Mm-hmm. It is very good. And you're going to and you're going to develop a deep connection with a coach who's going to be there for you 24-7. You're going to make friends. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a really, really uh, exceptional experience. And I know that's true because we've seen it enough times where, like, there's a confidence now that when you first start, like, you believe it's true. Right. <laughs> but you know the experiential, you know, to, you don't, you can't, until you've actually done something and done it enough times where you're like, okay, we, we got this. Like, we, for sure, this is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And we've done it enough times and replicated it enough times and are still improving it. Mm-hmm. That, it that, that confidence comes along with that. That it's, I think it's, I'm not sure it's possible to have it until you actually have the experience. It's almost like an imposter syndrome that goes away after enough times. Yeah. You know? I guess it's true with anything. Yeah. You know, so that, that I've definitely seen that develop in me and in the staff, uh, you know, over this last year. Where it's like earlier on, you know, there's a slip up and they take it really hard. Mm-hmm. Early on, let's say a better way to say it, client doesn't have the perfect experience that they want them to have and they take it really hard. And now they see like, okay, like sometimes people just can't get out of their own way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, people want to be ready and they're just not quite ready, but they want to be. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of hold that space and we're there for them uh, whenever they're ready to take that, that next, that next step. But mm-hmm. sometimes people got to take, take that on their own and that ownership. Yeah. yeah. And there's not, you know, we can do everything we can do and we do. But sometimes it just you need patient. You need to be a little more patient with a person mm. and give them a little more time to just. Yeah. And then and we see that we see people who get us off to a slow start. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, the coaches are patient and they're persistent and they're consistent. And the other person comes around and and those are rewarding ones. The when they get off to a slow start or a rocky start, but and they kind of figure hockey it out. stick it up yeah, and then they're all good. Those are rewarding. So, but you know when you first start. And during that rocky period at the start, it, they're taking all the blame. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible coat. What am I doing? I, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Like what's it? And you know, you do it enough, and you realize, all right, just be patient. This person needs a little yeah. bit more time to kind of put it all together. But we'll be here. They're here. So that's what th- that stuff. I would say is, mm-hmm. is w- what I've at least noticed. The big changes in the program have been over the last year. You guys have also added in community events. <laughs> what do you think this does for the community and the facility? I just enjoy them. <laughs> Personally, like, I think it's fun just to, you know, again, we, we take time to kind of almost vet every person who comes in. So we, we a lot of a lot of people we really like. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fun just to get everybody together. I think that the social aspect of something like what we do is probably the best part. Uh, meeting more like-minded people, mm-hmm. uh, making connections like that, uh, that social stuff is, it's fun. And... <laughs> you know, you made the bar thing at the beginning, but we, we <laughs> over the years we've tried to do a bunch of different things, and the thing that just always does the best is when we just kind of like rent out one of the West End bars and have a happy hour. And you <laughs> you can't what, beat the culture of the West End, and yeah, that's what we do. Uh, we're not against drinking, yeah, um, in moderation, <laughs> in moderation, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think it it connects people, mm. it connects people. It's it's fun, and. 
I think it speaks to the idea that we tr try to preach, which is balance. There's nothing wrong with drinks. Right. There's something wrong with drinking two bottles of wine every day. Maybe not even wrong, but you're unlikely to accomplish your health and fitness goals drinking alcohol like that. Right. But there's certainly nothing wrong with having a drink or two with your friends on a Friday night. Right. And you can be a healthy and fit person and do that. That's what I think is the highlight as somebody who's gone to the events before um, that happy medium of yeah. showing balance. like yeah exactly that balance so having the coaches there too like me being like one of the stronger people in the gym seeing me there of like i'm there early in the morning doing the hard things bradley. doing things like that bradley Take same thing bradley, exactly right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know i know i bradley got my number now but, <laughs> but being able to come and talk to them too and let them know like hey i'm just a regular person just like yeah. you and same thing having like Danny, Olivia, Madison, Joe, like everybody coming in and then talking to them on a different level of it's outside of fitness now. It's like now we're actually getting to know who we are. Um, we're not just coaches, we're people. And then diving deeper into that, Absolutely. which is, I applaud you on that one too. I yeah, like I the events. Oh, again, I don't want to take too much. Uh, I'm surrounded by very good people, coaches in particular. And most of the great ideas that have come out of this place have not come from me. <laughs> like, they are very engaged. They have a lot of ownership over the program. And we all get together very regularly and talk about what we can do to make it better. And most of the great ideas have not been mine. I, I would even say the, we ask the clients on a regular basis, what could we do to be better? What would you like to see, different, mm -hmm. change, add, whatever? We get a ton of good ideas just from asking, imagine that, right? Just from asking the people who are actually mm -hmm. our clients, well, what do you like? What do, would you like to see? We get a ton of good ideas. So 90% of the ideas, like, I don't want to take credit for or make it seem like uh, that, like, I'm like some genius with a thousand helpers. So mm -hmm. that's absolutely not the case at all. <laughs> like, I've really engaged team that most of the stuff is coming from them. So For sure. Yeah. Shout out the team. Shout out to the team. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have a question that I think a lot of people have come to you with. In your opinion, when does strong become strong enough? I don't know that it, I guess I don't look at it like that. I mean, I think if, if you, well, I mean, practically, right? There's, I don't answer in two different ways. Practically, there's a point at which, from a time management standpoint, uh, because uh, as you know, but maybe not everyone listening might not know, the stronger you get, the more in shape you get, the more it takes to continue to get stronger in shape. Just literally the more volume of work that mm -hmm. needs to be done to continue to make more and more progress. And eventually, there's a time management situation that happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, you just practically probably aren't going to want to commit the amount of time that it takes to continue to make progress in a given thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's one part of it. Another part of it is, I think if you're you know, you see this in powerlifting a lot. Like, you could deadlift 500 pounds, but you walk up the stairs and you can't breathe. Right. <laughs> like, you probably have not prioritized uh, your health and your fitness. Like, does another 20 pounds on your deadlift really benefit you when, you know, you can't even carry groceries upstairs without needing to sit and take a break? That person we might advise <laughs> needs to reprioritize their, <laughs> their goals. Their yeah. The <laughs> average person who's never going to come anywhere close to touching 500 pounds, how strong is, is strong enough? You know, outside of the practical time management part of it, I think it's it's not necessarily about being able to do a certain thing. It's about progress. Mm -hmm. It's about figuring out. But I think it's, a, in my opinion, it's about committing to something for a long period of time. It is hard and demanding of yourself that you figure out how to get a little bit further. Uh, because I think that process, whatever you apply it to, a strength training or whatever, mm -hmm. I think is has value 
that is very difficult to describe with words, and t- but when you experience it as a person, how it makes you feel and how it changes the way you think has incredible value, as you know, mm-hmm. because you've gone through these things. Like It makes you a different human being. So I don't know that it's like, I don't have a number where I'm like, you know, for you, given your height and your weight, like 200 pounds mm-hmm. is, is strong enough. Obviously, I think there's a balance when we're talking about health and fitness. Strength isn't the only physical characteristic that has value to a human's you know, health and longevity. But I, I think there's something to be said for not that you, you become any healthier going from 200 to 205. Not that you're going to necessarily live any longer. Mm-hmm. Not that you're necessarily going to be less likely to hurt yourself or whatever. I, I, I don't think there's any value in that in that way. But I think there is value in the persistence and the dedication and the effort that it takes to go from 200 to 205 mm-hmm. and then 205 to 210 and 210 to 220 and 220 to 250. I couldn't say that like going from 200 to 250 is going to make you live longer or make you healthier <laughs> or make you like, I don't think that that's true, uh, but there's something that happens by sticking to that process for that period of time right? that definitely changes you as a person. Uh, so yeah, I, maybe that doesn't, maybe that's not the answer you were looking for. Cause I don't, think there's a number i mean do you think there's a number how strong do you think it's strong enough i think it's all relative you know like i think i'm very similar to your answer i don't think there's a number i think it's entirely what this person believes is strong enough to them like what is the end goal of your fitness journey what are you looking to accomplish with your fitness journey for somebody who's maybe in their 20s 30s woman male doesn't really matter like what are you looking to do with this strength that you're gaining what are you looking to do with the weight you're losing what are you looking to do with this now cardio system the cardiovascular system you just yeah. and, and like created what does it all mean to you i think there's a deeper line across for everybody that goes into what does strong enough mean to you and then when you finally establish that that's where goal that's where goal setting comes in that's where those deeper conversations happen of okay strong enough for you could be just 225 maybe all you want to do is just play with your kids and lift one of your kids that happens to be 100 pounds right. then we just got to lift 105 pounds you know <laughs> like right. that, that's all it needs to be and uh, yeah, i don't see it as a number i don't see it as like a specific answer either i just see it as everybody's different everybody has an idea of what strong means to them strong could not even mean a weight it could mean something entirely different it could be mental strength it could be yeah. you know what i mean like that just goes into i'm mentally strong enough to lift x amount of pounds so that makes me just feel stronger yeah, I, that's a good point. I, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, yeah, I guess that's like a thing that gets tossed around a lot, like in the fitness community. Right. Like, uh, I don't think the average person cares. Like, I don't think they, I don't think the people we work with are having those kind of philosophical mm-hmm. uh, conversations in their head. You know what I mean? Like, or, how strong is strong? Right, right. Well, maybe, maybe because that's where it's like they keep their numbers going up, and they could. Ah, you're right. You know, we do get asked that every now and again. Like, how how, how strong am I going to get? Yeah, it's like, what is, how strong do you want to get? Yeah, it really is like a, it's like how, how much money do you want to have? Yeah, right, how yeah, successful yeah, yeah, do you yeah. want to be? How like, I don't know, like, but it, it, with also with those things, it's to me, at least this might just be personal opinion, but it is personal opinion. Uh, it's, it's about progress, not about, uh, I think progress, like growth and, and contribution. Uh, was Tony Robbins thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, m- making progress and feeling like you're contributing to something greater than just yourself are the things that make people feel fulfilled. Mm. So like I could tell you and you can attest to this, right? Like I was obsessed with deadlifting 500 pounds Yeah, <laughs> and I did it. And then I was happy for like 
less than 10 minutes about it. And then I was thinking about the next thing I wanted to do. Like the, right. all of the juice was in the progress to get there. And there was absolutely very minimal like reward in the moment of achievement. Right. It felt cool. Yeah. And I have the video that mm -hmm. I can post on Instagram and I got a bunch of likes on it. So but for that day, it was like cool. But then it's like, you just go on to the next thing. You're just going to mm -hmm. find the next, I mean, I, I, that's the way I am. So I agree. Yeah. I don't know that it's like, because I would, I would ask for more context, you know, how strong is strong enough for what? Yeah, exactly. How strong enough for health? Like I said, my grandma never stepped foot in the gym a day in her life. She lived in 93 and completely independently. Right. So like she was strong enough and she never squatted or deadlifted mm -hmm. or anything. So like, you know, strong enough to live a long life. I don't know that you ever have to do this right. stuff. Yeah. And I, I think there goes something to be said about that too, of like, okay, after I finish the first thing, I'm thinking about the next thing, yeah. you know, it's a never ending battle and the fitness industry is a scam. Every time you go to work out, you're always going to get stronger and realize, all right, I want to do the next yeah, thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it never stops. That's the I do scam. Think there's a balance to it. I, I, again, like the power lifter example is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Like there are other aspects of a physical body that can be improved. Right. Other than just how much you deadlift. Mm -hmm. And there are probably a lot of instances where it makes sense to work on improving those things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll also say too, a lot of our clients' health is not the reason they come to us. They come to us because they want to make changes to their body. Mm -hmm. uh, they obviously don't, uh, health is maybe on their mind, but when you're 26, 27, 31, you're probably not, it's not the forefront of your mind. Right. Uh, your kind of longevity and your health, at least not most of the people. The forefront is like, I want to feel better. I want to have more energy. I want to make this change to my body. I want to lose this weight. I'd like to be healthier. It's almost literally the way yeah. the goals get listed. Yeah. And uh, does. And just being able to figure out like that goes into the deeper layers of those question, the question asking of like, okay, you, you want to get your body, you want to get better with your body. You want it to look nice yeah. in a bathing suit or whatever it may be. Okay. Why? Because it makes me feel good. Yeah. I want to feel more confident. I want to feel stronger. I want to. Then it's like, yeah, why do you want to do these things? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that? And then it gets into that deeper meaning of like, okay, they may not be looking just for the body composition. They're really looking for that self-confidence. Yeah. You know, that's 100. Don't yeah. we all want to feel more confident? Right. Like, and that, if you, you know, peel that onion back more enough, I mean, with me, with uh, most of our clients, maybe, maybe all of them, it all comes down to feeling better. It all comes mm -hmm. down to feeling more confident. And I think strength training is uniquely positioned to help people do that. Yes. Um, it's what we like the most about it. I mean, when mm -hmm. you can start, with an empty bar that weighs 15 pounds and 12 weeks later you can do hundred pounds. Uh, you feel more confident. <laughs> you just, you do, you, you do feel stronger. You feel mm -hmm. more confident. You, you look at yourself in a different way. Like what, look what I'm capable of. And what's cool about our program is, you know, you're at hundred and you're looking around and you've been there for 12 weeks and you're in this group, this very small group of people with other people you've gotten to know well. And the only difference between you and them is they've been here for 30 weeks and you see they're right. doing 200. And they're saying to you, listen, but I started right where you started. So it, it's not only like you get this confidence in yourself and what you've accomplished, but you also see these things that are possible. And maybe you're interested in it, maybe you're not. But just being aware of what is possible, what you could potentially be capable of, telling someone and have someone actually see it, two entirely different things. So that's cool. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a confidence thing. And I think that there is something unique about getting stronger that helps people develop self-confidence. I think you answered a piece of that with my last question of what advice do you have for people looking to join? Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. Where can they find you? <laughs> At 
oh, oh man, the Instagram handle is ridiculous. Here's a piece of advice. <laughs> if you ever start a business, realize that whatever you name it, you're going to be writing a million times. It's going to be on every email, every sign, every piece of correspondence, your, your literal sign that goes on the building. Pick something with minimal letters. Like how many letters you guys got? One. Like Long Beach Strength and Conditioning is a ridiculous name. You ever try to make a, a sign for a business that, that is that long. many letters? <laughs> it's like $15,000. Like I should have just call it Jim. Jim. Uh, at, un, uh, at LB underscore strength underscore conditioning. See what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Or Long Beach Strength and Conditioning on Facebook. The website, there's, it is very easy to message us and almost impossible to call us. And that is simply because I don't want to answer the phone. Fair. So you don't, we don't do phone until we've actually had a conversation via some sort of messenger. So message us somehow. You could text us. That's on the website, longbeachstrength.com, Instagram, LB underscore strength underscore conditioning, Facebook, longbeachstrength and conditioning. Awesome. And you'll talk to one of the coaches and then um, they'll get to know you a little bit. And if you feel like it's a good fit and we feel like it's a good fit, then we'll chat on the phone. And I look forward to that. I hope those listening have been able to find a lot of value with everything you've said today. And I really do appreciate you making the time to be on the podcast again. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I want to let you know that someone actually, when you had Madison on, someone heard the podcast. My name is Bev. What's up, Bev? If you're listening, <laughs> um, came in, signed up. Really? Absolutely killing it. <laughs> That's awesome to hear. Um, and when she came in, she was like, you know what? I was listening to Madison on the podcast and it was like she was talking directly to me. And I was like, oh, cool. That's uh, so thank you. That's awesome. Thank Absolutely. I'm happy that. I can help. Uh, Hell yeah. It is cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for doing this, man. This is cool. Thank you.